welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, ever there, forever next to me, Trevor Scott. Yes, virtually this week. Virtually, like on on the screen. Below me, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing, Trev? Um, well, you're taking a sip of your drink, so I'll tell everyone what we're doing. We're doing Click Pitch. <laughs> 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 this is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we're going to get a fresh set of words, an adjective and a noun each. We're doing our ramped up click pitch. Uh, and we're going to jam those words together into a game design of some description. Yes. That We've sounds done great. We'll do We've, it done again. It. We've done it so many times before. Many, many times. This is episode 313. Yeah, 313. Good old palindromic episode number. <laughs> Gotta love them. <laughs> There's not many left. <laughs> There's infinite left. We're running out of palindromes. <laughs> they only happen every ten. <laughs> well, no. Three o three, three one three, three two three, three right, three okay. three, three True. four three. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Where, where, where we really want to point out is just when it's all one number, particularly now that we're in the, uh, we have the hundredth place in there. Uh, we we've had, now. We've had that hundred. for a while. <laughs> this so, yeah, is already we're up coming, the rails. I'm just saying, we're coming up to our third triple same digit. That's a thing, right? <laughs> yes. Now, if that happened to be on the 3rd of March... That would be insane, but it's not. Mm, no, not in 20 episodes. All right. Let's do it. Imagine scatter. Jet lemon. Ooh, jet lemon. Yeah, I like that one. I saw it. Jet lemon. Mm. That, that sounds like a name. I thought that maybe, yeah. Um, like, maybe it's because it sounds like Jack Lemon. Yeah, but... Jet Lemon. Jet Lemon. The son of Jack Lemon. (laughs) The son of Jack Lemon. Jet Lemon. What was Jack Lemon in? Grumpy Old Man? Yeah. Is he one of the Grumpy Old Men? Yes. And Grumpier Old Men. Um, And a whole heap of other films. Oh, I mean. When he wasn't old. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, I've got the words imagined and scatter. So, I'm sort of thinking Mm. that Jet Lemon is a bit of a creative Sort okay. of person who's a bit scatterbrained, a bit scatterbrained, but he's got a great imagination. Okay, is this sort of a like magical reality thing? Jet Lemon, imaginary detective. So he he <laughs> like he, he he can you know visualize what actually happened in a in a murder or something like that. Like okay. Except, <laughs> except he is very creative. So all his visualizations are like little cartoon characters yeah, that come much. and talk to him. Yeah, <laughs> and they like play out the scene like as he's imagine as he imagines it. He's just like, "Hey, um, uh, you there, rabbit? Uh, you, you, yeah, you, be, you be the murderer." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a fucking cartoon name. <laughs> you there, Robbie Rabbit? Here, take this shotgun. <laughs> now. Aim it at... Jimmy the ferret, stand over there. 
All right. Now I know, no, a little bit higher. Okay. And pull the trigger. Just like a cartoonish blood splat on the ground matches up exactly with the actual blood splat that's there. It's like, yes, that's it. It was exactly rabbit height. The murderer was sitting at rabbit height. But cartoon rabbit height. So it's about four foot 11. Yeah. Yeah. There's so there's like something the, I, there. I, do, like, I love the idea of a 3D world, like a nicely rendered 3D, probably first person, I guess, to make it kind of make sense that it's within their mind. But in a very Roger Rabbit-ish style, these 2D cartoon characters that are in the world that only you can see. Yeah. And, yeah, I know there's, there's something there about, you know, it's to help you help you visualize oh what what if you know the murderer was actually standing here and it's like then you see the blood splatter i was like oh that's not quite right and then you can move them around a little bit more and try it again and you see them, like it's super gory and you know yeah going all over the wall it's like oh no, i like that i like that of that they're basically yeah recreating whatever the crime is and you can have it be these little set pieces so it's like okay you're doing yeah the shotgun murder and you've, yeah, you've essentially got these different characters to choose from and you can change them out. It's like, oh, that doesn't quite ma- match. Okay. Uh, Big Bird, because I'm just going with an actual character. <laughs> you stand there. Okay. The, it was definitely a tall person who shot them, you know, because- but That's closer, yeah, but it's still too tall. Like, hey, Rabbit, how about you stand on top of Jimmy the Hamster? <laughs> <laughs> just slightly. <laughs> just, get, just getting it up. Like, <laughs> Four fucking centimetres or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you could also have, like, a pickpocketing or something or, a, like, a, a hold-up where, you know, the, the, you've got security camera footage but you couldn't see their face or something and so you're, I don't know, you, you matching mannerisms or... And so you're, you're telling... Yeah, you're telling fucking Jimmy the Hamster to come in and, like, oh, but act, uh, you know, act like you've got a bit more swagger or something. Like, you're sort of giving them direction almost. Yeah. To then try to match them up against you're maybe a bit your small list of there, Jimmy. Uh, can you get up on these stilts and come in, uh, still looking suave, and is, <laughs> it's like coming in with these, <laughs> like these massive wooden stilts. And is- Somehow that's correct. It was actually... <laughs> Like a child on stilts or something. <laughs> like two children on top of each other in a trench coat. That's what that's why they why they had childish ways of talking and why they were you know <laughs> why they were wobbling all over the place. It it really was that that whole thing of two kids in a trench coat. Wow. Yeah. And their pet hamster. Yeah, that's cool. Um there's some fun stuff you can do there. And I think just the characterization then of all your different, you know, you, you're coming up with these very uh, archetypical cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. You've got your Bugs Bunny analog and your Daffy Duck or whatever and Tweety Bird, all your different different ones to play with. Or if we can't get the rights, then you've got, you know. No, no, I just mean you've got their equivalent. <laughs> their equivalent, yeah. 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 Okay, three, two, one, clickety-click. Click, click, clickety-click. Hmm. I said a click, click, clickety-click, click, 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 clickety-click. Sixteen, laughter. Hurt, jury. Oh, jury. In in this court case, there are 16 people. 16 jurors. 16 jurors, 12 
and four backups. Right. That may be called in. Okay. Laughter. It's a clown who's on trial. Yep. And he hurt someone. Oh, viciously. Viciously. I mean, clowns are... Yeah. Hurt kids. Yeah. But by by running over them with, like, a clown car sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by squirting them in the face, but it was... But it was be- acid. It was beer. <laughs> it was acid. I wasn't going to go quite that far. Um, but we can do. Okay, so... Um, clown on the stand. Yes. I, are you... The lawyers in this case? Or the, the judge... No, the judge probably doesn't have a lot of gameplay. No. I don't want you to play as the clown. And I don't want you to play as the jury. No, I think you're sort of managing the jury in some way. What if you were the bailiff? Mm. Who was also having to deal with, like, um, the job of making sure that the jury's actually got, you know, food that they're not breaking the rules and all this sort of stuff. And they kind of, mm. like... Well, they just kind of, kind like of use kids, that, You know, they're... You know, they're always just kind of use that as the background of them telling the story, almost. Yeah. Hmm. So I think the bailiff, you know, he could have, you know, a bit of stuff going on, and maybe there's someone who's who's trying to like contact him and get him to like look the other way when the, when the jurors when the jurors are in the in the right. room and all this sort of stuff. Okay, I, I do like the idea of kind of playing it out in these different segments of like pre-court where you're bringing jurors in or like making sure they're you know and and particularly on the first day you'll have a section of jury selection and maybe there's some influence you have there so maybe the first thing you gotta do maybe the first thing that you gotta do is wave the wand over them like to Mm. to basically Mm. make sure that they don't have any any weapons or anything but if you did a shitty job like, and one of them turns out to be the parent of one of the kids and, you know, goes in and attacks the clown. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're in deep shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting a papers, please kind of vibe, but in a more interactive sort of way, I guess. Yeah. Just in just in that you play out the day. So I think, yeah, you have that pre-court thing. If you do it right, yeah, it's uneventful, I guess. Or like, you just get more of the story. You get... A bit of the court case you get like the key parts you get the opening arguments you get some testimony and then yeah now it's your job to like file the jurors out to the jury room or whatever and then you hear some of their discussion there's maybe stuff you can be doing in the meantime because you are getting food and drink or whatever but maybe there are conversations that you can kind of uh change in some way or have an effect on (laughs) why am i thinking that this has to be vr like, yeah, there's, there's yeah. something about like, oh, I've got to get this person's coffee order right because it turns out that you're also like, you're there. Ev- yeah, y- you've got to do all that work, and then you've also got to make sure that the um. Yeah, I don't think it's out of the question for the bailiff to be, you know, <clears throat> bringing the food and stuff. And it turns out that he's like a world class barista, and he's got <laughs> you know, his coffee set up, and he doesn't like anyone touching it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm almost thinking then you go a bit more comical with it, almost a job simulator 
yeah. esque thing where a lot of it is just around these huge mini games. piles of whipped cream and <laughs> and depending on how well you do them, it affects this very serious court case. Very serious. <laughs> so, like, serious. if you if you got juror number seven's coffee order wrong. Um, then they're pissed off and well, they, they may fall asleep and miss. Oh, like, there you go. Yeah. Like, this is this is the worst part about it. Like, you've got to keep the jury awake. You've got to make sure that the witnesses arrive when, they, when they're supposed to and that they, mm. you know, um, put the correct hand on the Bible. Like, you've got to make sure that, you know, <laughs> the correct hand is, is on the Bible yeah. and you've got to you can go, nah, other hand. Is, um... To take this a little bit further, perhaps this is semi-procedural in that you your jurors have different personality traits mm-hmm. that will play out in how the in the results of these mini games and the different aspects. The court case itself is somewhat randomized with the who the people are, what the crime is, etc. So that then you are kind of having to almost discover these things about the jurors. And again, if if you mess up with one juror too many times, like they, depending on what the personality stuff is, they get kicked out. Mm. And yeah, one of the replacements comes in. It's like, oh shit, now I've got to start fresh. The dynamics are slightly different. You get one of the, one of the backup jurors and you, you've lost a life basically. Yeah, almost. Yeah, if you run out, if you if you get below twelve and you've got no more backups, then yeah, you you your run is done basically. Yeah, or at least you're penalised or something for that. It's a mistrial. For some reason, what came into my head was like one of those one of those TV shows, the undercover boss sort of things, where it turns right. out that your your typical one job of the is- jurors is the judge the whole time. <laughs> No, I was thinking you were you were actually the judge the whole time. Oh, like- right. Okay. <laughs> That's so unethical. Uh- <laughs> How does that work? Because then who's up the front? <laughs> it's just, just like it's the janitor, the, the doorman, or something. He just pulled him up there as a stand-in. Uh, it'd be it'd be hilarious if you know you haven't paid attention to the whole thing because you've been you know getting people's coffee orders and making sure all this stuff is is there. But it's like you as the judge, <laughs> it's the, it's the <laughs> best, you have to make the decision. It's the best way for you to actually be impartial. That the jury actually tells you mm. what what they what they believe, and you you just go with what they say. <laughs> You're like, well, that that motherfucker made me redo his coffee three times. I'm not going to listen to him. I was just wondering how would how would physics work in in this? Like, would you would you have to like sort of carry twelve coffees all at once? Like, <laughs> I mean, I think you'll get bonus points if you do, and it'll be quicker. All all of these words are coming up as like it's all law and law and order all this time because I got frivolous murder. Okay, this is a very murder-heavy episode. I got uh, AM. Well, it's actually M, but I'm going to treat it as AM shutdown. 
So, so when before I, before you had murder, I was thinking of some sort of like machine or robot or something that shuts down in the morning or whatever. Like, there's a certain time in the morning that it shuts down. Ooh, okay. But they've shut down ent- an entire city block. Okay, because, because of-, of this murder that you know came out, came out of nowhere, but they lost track of the um of the guy who did it. And they know that he's within the city block somewhere. All right. So, okay. Here's the thing. Because we went, let's lean into the law and order. Mm-hmm. How would we make the best law and order game? I mean, we've kind of already done it with our first two games. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jet Lemon on the case. But, uh, no, I'm just, I'm sort of thinking, how do you bring those law and order tropes and... That real feeling of of walking the beat, you know, going from person to person to find and and piece together the information of this one crime. Is it that you do just set it on that city block? Yeah, I think you set it on the city block and it's it's all about casing the neighbourhood, finding out, like, what people saw. And it's kind of a... Where where in the city block is Carmen San Diego? Mm. Um, mm. So that you can ask the question and find out. Oh, okay. Um, I saw someone run by here a little while ago. They're wearing, you know, green pants and a red jacket. And it's like, oh, that that gives me a little bit of extra extra stuff. Yeah, and- you're basically narrowing it down. You know, and then you find a red jacket in a in a garbage can near, just around the corner from there. Know, and- yeah, it's like, okay, okay. They, so, were, they were here and you're piecing together a timeline and, yeah, you talk to someone else and... Yeah. So, I think, because of the word frivolous, you know, it, it sort of says that it's it's not a serious murder for mm. them. Like, this is just... It's just another day on the streets. <laughs> it's just another day on the streets, except this time they they happened to kill kill someone who'd already being the suspect in these other murders and it's sort of like oh okay then you know <laughs> so they don't they care <laughs> they care well i think maybe i think maybe the frivolousness i mean we could just ignore the frivolousness no we could if we yeah. wanted i think because I, I think feel we like to. just yeah that or something else is frivolous because yeah i kind of like this idea Ooh, you of, could, again you, you got to determine what of the interviews that you've done, what's the frivolous, like, information? What's the stuff that is, like, of no use to you? Mm, mm. Yeah, I think it, I think there is a matter of... Because that's really interesting to get conflicting information of some sort and then almost having to judge on the character of who gave it to you. It's like, well, who's more trustworthy here? Does any of them have a motive to lie? And then, then you look out and you go... Why are we only looking at? Why are we only talking to all these people in the houses here? You turn around and there's gridlock traffic everywhere, and it's like they're all witnesses as well, <laughs> and and <laughs> or in all the cars, in all the cars, and they literally have a reason why they want to get out of there. Mm. Their motive is to not be gridlocked anymore. <laughs> that could add an interesting aspect. I almost, I do wonder if this is yet again kind of procedurally generated in that way of, yeah, you hit the, you hit a new block, there's been a murder, 
you got to solve it. And it's about Ooh, and the connecting up ta- the relationships. The longer that you take, the more issues you cause, like, elsewhere. Like, because people have to be diverted around the city block and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that can be the, the, the sort of reason for any time penalties and stuff. You get a call from your chief of, like, why haven't you solved it yet? Like, we're still having to route traffic through and... We're still around. dealing. We're still dealing with the two murders that you haven't solved this morning you and failed this morning <laughs> from your previous two runs on the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know we can only keep this block shut down for so long. Yeah, I I really like it. I, I think- well, and I think I think it, it almost feels like VR again in a way. And I think the reason why is I just want that feeling of bringing out your notebook and flipping it open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like doing it in a real VR motion. I mean, I, there was a VR version of it. Um, but like having your different pages in there for your different suspects or, or witnesses or whatever and being able to like, you know, take notes on do you think they're telling the truth? And you have a lot of automatic stuff in there for well, linking I, things I think together. you bring your pen down to it and then you can select from the options as to what you want to write. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. You've essentially got almost a bit like when you're playing Cluedo of you're ticking off just the, the different combinations, the permutations of what is and isn't possible. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, they definitely... You know, because of this chain of of evidence and witness reports of the suspect going, you know, this way up the street and then hiding here, the person over here who says they saw them earlier must be lying or mistaken, you know, and so you can kind of eliminate that piece of evidence. I think it's key, though, that you have a partner with you the whole time making, like, witty repartee. Yep. Because, you know, again, part of the whole law and order trope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then every now and again you have a lawyer coming over just going, make sure you don't fuck up this time. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, we like, lost depending the, on... We lost the last three court maybe cases because you, just you get didn't like get a, enough information. <laughs> maybe the order part of it is just sort of the the summary, the rundown at the end. You you find out if they were convicted or not based on your <laughs> evidence. It's like, Law no, you fucked order. up the chain of you, you You fucked up the timeline, so you didn't get the order right. <laughs> Therefore... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, you, you caught someone, you arrested someone. It was the wrong person, but <laughs> so well, they couldn't you, convict them. So you only get paid half wages. <laughs> I do like the idea that at any point you can just arrest someone. <laughs> and <laughs> it may or may not be the right person. Even if it is the right person, you don't have evidence. Like, they, they don't get put away uh, because you need at least some witness reports and different things. Um, I also like the idea that you can get useful evidence from someone, but you then you piss them off so much that they refuse to testify. <laughs> so it's all it's about sort of how well you handle yourself on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, three, two, one, clickety click. Hmm. Willing force. Motor solo. Huh. I mean, Force and Solo sort of made me think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a bit Star Wars, isn't it? <laughs> and Motor. Is it's, this like it's a, a game? It's it's like the car the car mechanics. Car race. Ca- oh, I was thinking car mechanic simulator Star Wars edition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. 
that there's, I mean, that almost is the whole idea by itself, but it would be a good idea. Like, yeah. people would absolutely play that and yeah. get Star Wars vehicles coming into you. That's almost just DLC. I mean, literally, an X-Wing parks in front of you and you you notice one of the engines is out. And so, you open it up and you, you get to sort of clean right. out. And Let me, let me put a, a bit of a spin on it. So that it's not purely like the full, like just the gameplay of Car Mechanic Simulator. Okay. I do like some of that. It's got a story mode. (laughs) I think there is a story mode to a degree, but there's also, what was the fucking game? Damn it. I can't remember. There was a game in the eighties where you would buy cars and then you'd race them. Was it Hot Rod? Yes. So I'm thinking elements of Hot Rod in there where... You're not just like fixing other people's cars. You you're buying them, fixing them up, making money then by racing them. Maybe it's maybe it's like pod races mm-hmm. rather than full on starships, or maybe you just start with pod races. There's, there's something about having to, you know, you need the money, and so therefore, you know, you've taken on some imperial jobs, but you need to make mm. sure that when they come. That you don't have any of any of the um any of the rebel vehicles there because they you can't let the other know that you're working you can't for make both them, sides. Yeah, that you're working for them. So it's it's almost as if you I need do like two the garages idea of the, and <laughs> I do like the idea of the risk reward for different jobs. Certainly, that's cool. Yeah, like if you do work for an imperial or a particularly you know vicious bounty hunter or whatever, you risk them just like trashing the place if you if you don't do a good job or don't do it on time um but yeah i think the element of being able to drive them or utilize them in some way as well would definitely add to it and yeah some sort of story based mode you know this you know it would work well here mm-hmm. storylets yes they would <laughs> <laughs> they work really well because in incomes like you know, a freighter. Yeah. And it's for a smuggler. So he needs compartments put in. So, you, mm. you know, you put, you put the compartments in, you, you, um, you can, you know, close, close it all up. But if you've done it really, really fast and really, really cheaply, like you sort of subcontracted it out to your nephew mm. because you had like, <laughs> you know, you had, uh, some some rebel rebel ships coming in that you needed to get done as quickly as yeah. possible because tomorrow was um, was the imperial the imperial guys coming in so you needed the rebel rebels all out today. Well, you've just now fucked up and you know your your nephew has has basically allowed the smuggler to get caught by um by the imperial blockade. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Well, that that's it. I think. The storyless works really well because each job is a storylet then. And, yeah. and depending on how well you do each one, it can lead in different directions for just other events and storylets, you know, and jobs to come in. Maybe like if, yeah, if you fuck up that car, that smuggler job with the freighter, then 10 jobs later, you get uh, an Imperial guy coming in. Who's like, yeah, we busted this smuggler. We need you to like strip this for parts or whatever. And then you fucking find the guy hidden in one of the you know compartments or something or yeah. whatever, right? You've got these different options then. Or but if you do it well, 
um, then, you know, they, they either become a repeat customer and you get other jobs for or them. Or they recommend or, you to someone else and you get more yeah, smuggling like jobs. Yeah, like you get a little phone, through. you know, you get a little fucking, I was going to say phone message, like hollow message from that person saying like, hey, I made it to the other side and, and sold all my stuff. Like, here's a bonus tip and look out for my friend who's going to come by with a job for you. Um, just, just make sure that there's, there's no imperial markings around because, you know, he's anti, <laughs> he's anti-imperial. <laughs> well, that's it. Um, and, and what I love about Storyless is- What if there was because- a warranty job that came through, like, with an imperial, right as you, you, you're finishing, doing the finishing touches on, on like a rebel star pilot, uh, his X-Wing, the yeah. imperial guy, imperial officer comes in saying hey that that thing that you did last week hang on a second it just starts like like just starts shooting shooting up or or you know starts asking questions about why you doing yeah. work for the rebels and all this sort of stuff you know yeah i think you'd <laughs> have to part have of the rebel alliance <laughs> maybe like as you upgrade and get more money like one of the things you can do is like put in lifts to like a hide second, away, a second hide away yeah. your whatever ship you're currently working on, or different things. Because yeah, you might get a little bit of warning of like, oh, there's an imperial, you know, trooper coming in or whatever. <laughs> like, oh shit, yeah, like hide away the rebel ship. Yeah, but what I was going to say uh, is because you can write the storylets in a way, of course, where it's just like we need a smuggler character to play this part. If you've from a previous storylet had a smuggler character who is still out there and you know is in a particular state basically it's like okay that's the character we're going to use and so you get these repeats repeating things and build up these relationships over time you know and might even be okay for this story that we need a smuggler character who you are in good standing with and so that job will only ever come up if you've already worked you know if you've done a previous story with uh, just you know a smuggler where that wasn't one of the requirements that sort of thing but it, it lets you then bring in that depth mm. um which is which i just love about storylines so i want to add one little thing to our character mm. he is a force sensitive user yes uh mainly because i'm thinking again this is vr and he can just force you know force grab a a tool across yeah definitely but he can't do it in in the presence of of like any of the any of the groups because they're going to try and like um, move move him towards their their team. You know? Right. It's like you've got the force, but you got force powers. I'll, I I must tell you know Master Skywalker or I must, yeah. I must tell you know um must, we must we must tell the Emperor us. or <laughs> you know and then you you're bringing down more more things on on yourself and yeah. Um, yeah, that's an interesting thing to to sort of limit your abilities around different types of people because there are implications there um, for sure. And of course, bounty hunters hate you know Jedi's slash force mm. force users. So therefore, I think if anyone sees you using any of this stuff, <laughs> they basically they're just going to cause so much issue for you later on. Well, again though, with, again with the storylets, it could it may not necessarily be that literally everyone creates an issue it's that using the force in front of a particular person can branch off into a new storylet or just open uh the opportunity for storylets later on it's like oh this storylet is there needs to be a character from the rebel alliance who you've used the force in front of and so they give you a call and they're like 
dude, I saw you using the force. Like, we need you for this special job. Only someone with force powers can do it. And you're having to, like, fucking deconstruct a lightsaber or something or whatever, you know. Yeah. To get the crystals out of it. Oh, that that just opens it up for so many different things of you you're now in your workshop and you're having to you know move that aside move that aside and pull out the crystal and just hold yeah. up in the sky and you know de-twist something over here and yeah exactly like, like put it in the containment field or something so that it doesn't oh oh my god why why hasn't anyone made this game like just the idea I, yeah of, this is great the idea Even in of a someone star wars universe uh, this would be really cool but no but this is just it, just it being within the Star Wars universe adds that extra. Yeah, of course. And you could be fixing anything. Like, you could have droid repairs. You could have... Like, oh, yeah. Effectively, you're you're just the handyman. Mm. You know? Um, sim- simple things, I think, uh, you, you're actually, you know, sort of given some hints as to what you're looking at and that sort of stuff. I do still like the idea of occasionally going out on a, on a mission sort of thing, a la a TIE fighter sort of sort of idea where you know you've got yeah you've got to go here pick something up and then then fly over to here well and having to use those same skills but yeah it has to be this is one where you're on a fucking secret mission for the rebel alliance because we need you to we're going to get you in close and you have to like take apart the shield generator and you know insert something in there insert a bomb or something um, what we need you to do is go up to this death this Death Star that has had like this this little um, metal plate put over the put, <laughs> put over the port, and the you port? Un- yeah. undo it so that so that later on get you your know, little laser can, cutter out and we can fire a um, we can fire a rocket down there and explode <laughs> this fucking thing. And look, I think all of the uh, Death Star three, <laughs> the moment to moment gameplay, I think. Because, like, in those car mechanic simulator and stuff, it's it's really... It does it most of it for you. It's like, oh, you've got the right part. Here's how it goes. Like, screw in some screws. Hmm. It, it can be that same sort of thing. And you, you get a lot of uh, value out of that, even just from... Particularly in VR, I think. I've never done a hmm. game like that in VR. But, like, oh, where did I put that piece that I took out? Like, having just that ability, that amount of control of... You know, people who are a bit more organized will make sure that they put all the pieces they need out in front of them. And other people will be like, oh, yep, yank that out, throw it behind me. Oh, shit, I need it again. Okay, look around for it. Force it over. Yeah, use your force to bring it over. You know, you hit one of your droids with it or whatever, and they make a little fucking comedic sound. And Yeah, I love this. It's awesome. Oh, my God. Like, the fact that we're never going to get to play this game, nor make it, nor, like... (laughs) Honestly, I'm tempted. Uh, it's it's. I'm tempted to to do it in a Star Wars uh, adjacent manner. You know, yeah. Um, you've you, it's not the Force. It's the um, Schwartz. Grab, it's the Schwartz. <laughs> well, I think we'll run into problems there too. Um, it's the vivid. I don't know. <laughs> That's a porn company. Maybe we don't need to do that. <laughs> the fact that you knew that off the top of your head. <laughs> it's the gr- gr- grouse. The grouse. It's a very Aussie. <laughs> I see you are strong in the grouse. <laughs> Young Bogan. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, I think on that note, 
That might be the end of our episode for tonight. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh yeah, my god, that, that was a good one. We found that. We found a good one. We found a really good one there at the end. <sighs> so now we're depressed for the next week, as we have to <sighs> live with the idea that that, that this game, game will never, never exist. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry that this, I don't, this I don't episode know. is so depressing. There's um, <laughs> they're doing more Star Wars games. Maybe someone will listen, and they they need honestly. There needs to be more games and stories outside of the Jedi stories. I haven't watched Andor yet, which I believe is a bit of that. Uh, But even... definitely games. Like, this could literally be what, you know, Dark Forces was supposed to be a game separate from, you know, separate from all the Jedi stuff, and then in the second one they they, they gave him force powers because they... They can't not... Yeah, they can't not... Have the Jedi Dark be Forces just too, so- Jedi Knight. What? No. <laughs> Kyle Katarn. Well, s- it was like, uh, what was the one where you played the squad of Stormtroopers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember now. Elite Squad? No, that was, no. The, that was um, Star Trek. Rebel. No. I can't remember. remember. That's all right. I played it. It was yeah, pretty I good. Yeah, playing it. It was good. Anyway, if you would like to find all of our episodes online, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. They're all there, ready for your listening pleasure. If you like the song that we play at the start and end of each episode, that song is called Mount Defiance, off of the album Containment Fabia by the band Kuradust. You can find it at kuradust.bandcamp.com. It's all free. And yeah. the whole rest of the album. Go and listen. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm Jet Lemon, here to solve your crimes. Solved it. (laughs) 